Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome to today's episode of the Future Faces podcast. I am your host for today, Davis Okewo. I am a member of the Future Faces community, and today I am going to be interviewing an incredibly amazing gentleman that I've known a while. Uh, he's also a member of the Future Face community, uh, but we're going to get into introductions. Uh, as a very special gentleman, uh, very good looking as well, I should mention. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming for today's episode of the Future Faces podcast, Bao Atwal. Bao, you're welcome to the show. Thank you, Davis. Uh, thank you, Future Faces, for having me as well. Um, I've been uh, seeing all your content and I saw the podcast when it was first launched and I was like, that's something I definitely want to be on. So thank you, everyone, to be honest. Absolutely. It's great to have you on the podcast today, Bao. And we're going to get into your profile because you, you've you got an amazing profile. You do quite a number of work with quite a number of different organizations. And we're going to get into all of that. But one of the things that I want to talk about first is this amazing Future Faces platform that we all collectively belong to is a network of young professionals across, in my opinion, the best place in the UK, possibly the world, Birmingham. Amazing place. We've just hosted the Commonwealth Games huge success the whole world got to see Birmingham in its in its full glory and just a couple of days ago uh there was a there is a young man from Birmingham who is now the middleweight welterweight yeah welterweight uh mixed martial art champion of the world Leon Edwards uh who has decided to stay here in the UK did all of his training and now is champion of the world everyone counted him out he is the champion of the world, even though there were all the odds against him. And one remarkable thing about his story is there's a fad in MMA that you have to be in the U.S. to be a success. But this gentleman said, I'm going to stay in Birmingham. I'm going to train in Birmingham and I'm going to be the world champion. And he did it. My first question to you, Bao, what is it about this place that makes it so special? Really, really good uh, segues. Commonwealth Games, the Leon Edwards. Uh, so what makes Birmingham special? Um, I think firstly down to its people, it's a very young and thriving population, a very diverse population. Um, and that mixed together with, you know, great infrastructure, perfectly placed in the UK to travel to literally any destination you want in the UK at a really good time that mixes and creates just a fantastic community ethos. Um, and I felt it when I was at university cause I went to university here, um, when I trained here in the city center, when I qualified here and now when I work here and I think, going beyond kind of the legal sector, having the pleasure of meeting people like you in other professions, in other sectors, you can just see that kind of thread of friendship and community throughout everyone. Um, and the Commonwealth Games have just highlighted that for everyone. Everyone that's come here has had a fantastic time, whether they're an athlete, whether they're a spectator, whether they're a, a foreign police force in terms of other kind of uh, cities and regions. Everyone has made the comment that they felt at home here and this was really a home games and it was um, it was special. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Birmingham is such a special place and there are so many things that makes it super unique. In my opinion, it's that multiculturalism that it's got. It's a very international city. It's a very young city. So it's got all of the energy of youth and it's strategically placed in the UK. It's just an amazing place to be at. So let's get into you, one of the superstars of the professional scene in Birmingham. And guys, if you've never read about Bao, please go check him out on LinkedIn. 
fantastic profile. Just to give you some of the highlights. So Bao is uh, one of the previous winners of the Future Face of Legal Award. I think that was last year in 2021. Uh, Bao is also a council member of the Law Society, is the co-chair of Birmingham Solicitors Group. Should I go on? Okay, I will go on. Uh, is the in- in-house solicitor for the West Midlands Police and so many other things. I think is a council member at TAG Networks. A young uh, professional board member of Yeah, pro- professional board member of TAG Network. There's all these different aspects and dimensions to you, Bob. I think where I like to get that conversation started is how did you get here? Talk about the making of the Bob. Uh, well. That's a really good question. I think... Um, where does kind of the professional journey start for everyone? I think it, it kind of starts from academia and it kind of starts from school days and, and what I was uh, enjoying and what I liked. And I think from day one, it was all about people. Um, so being at school, I was really into rugby and that. Ah, you for, do rugby. For that, you really need to have, you know, good communication, um, really good teamwork. And I think that's just like extended throughout my professional career now as well um people are at the heart of everything whether it's networking whether it's organizing events attending events uh writing articles um and i think another big factor to all of that was the pandemic as well it it made everyone kind of think about what they really want in life um and to be honest it's kind of made me realize how kind of powerful the kind of social media and the social networking scene is as well. I've realized how pe- powerful people's voices are and, and what they can really do with all that. Um, and I think all those kind of things together, you know, being in a strategic place like Birmingham, knowing that I'm good with people and then really utilizing uh, social media to, to make change and really elevate the scenes that I'm in have all kind of come together at a good time. Um, and then things like the Commonwealth Games as well, it's just showcased to people outside of Birmingham what a fantastic place this is. And it's just an honour to kind of be a young professional at this moment in time. Uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's a fantastic point. I mean, you're saying it, it's such an honour to be a young professional in this place at this time. And one of the things that a lot of people might not know, actually, is also the fact that the professional services industry is the largest contributor to the economy in the region and a huge part of that professional services industry is obviously the legal profession and all the amazing things that make up that profession as a, as a legal professional in the region what is it that makes the the region so attractive to uh top level professional firms and also young professionals in the legal industry that's a really good question. So particularly for legal, I think you've got a lot of big businesses here and obviously big businesses need lawyers. Um, couple that with a young population, you've got always got a strong pool of legal talent. So, you know, apprentices, trainees, paralegals, newly qualified and even senior as well. So law firms uh, from all across the board, whether they're regional, national, international, global, in-house legal functions, they've realized that Birmingham is a very exciting market to be in. Um, So yeah, all of that makes the legal market in Birmingham quite special. Um, And I've had fantastic opportunities of, so I trained in an international law firm. I qualified at a global law firm. And now I'm in a very large public sector organization as a lawyer. Interesting. And that was all in Birmingham. And very similar to the Leon story, I, I knew very early on that you could do exciting things with your career in Birmingham, outside of London. And let's talk a bit more about that, because I like it when you say you could really do exciting things 
in Birmingham with your career. Uh, talk to me about what you think are sort of like the career prospects for uh, people that are getting into the legal industry. So young people starting a career in law, uh, what are the different pathways and avenues that they could potentially explore in this amazing you know, uh, place that we all call home? Absolutely. So breaking it down right from the beginning. So if you're kind of a, a student or someone that's aspiring lawyer, firstly, you've got to look at the fantastic education providers. So you've got Aston Uni, fantastic law school, BCU, University of Birmingham, Arden University. Uh, and then you think about just higher than that. So the University of Law, uh, BPP, and then a few other uh, really good education providers. So if you're someone that is outside of Birmingham and thinking, oh, I want a legal career, you know, legal education is the first first step Absolutely. there. Uh, and then when you go beyond that and when you've done your kind of academia, you might be thinking, oh, which kind of firms can I go to? And like I mentioned, you've got literally a whole array of really strong uh, law firms and in-house legal functions uh, right in the centre of Birmingham. So really easy to get to. Uh, you know, the first name that comes to mind is Colmore Row. I think the majority of law firms are literally just on that Colmore road. Colmore so yeah. If, if you can get a train. It's the power street. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's our uh, Wall Street in Birmingham. Um, and yeah, we're just getting more and more fantastic organisations coming here now as well. Uh, we've got international law firms here. We've got global law firms, uh, massive in-house functions, which is a, a growing area of the profession as well. Um, and yeah, it's just a growing market and, and people have realized that because of the pandemic, they want balance, they want to be in a thriving city, uh, they don't want it to be too expensive, they want to be quite close to everything else, whether it's the countryside or a theme park, you name it, and kind of Birmingham ticks all those boxes, whether Absolutely. you're a, a senior lawyer, a young lawyer, someone who wants to get on that ladder, so uh, it ticks lots of different boxes for legal professionals. I'm just going to pick up on one of the things that you did mention a number of times, you know, talking about how those venues are there for for, for young professionals to get in, uh, to become in-house lawyers and things of that nature. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, the path for the career, in-house legal advisor as opposed to being in private practice uh, or working within a chamber, things of that nature. Uh, what do you think are the pros and cons of, 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 of each, uh, each path? That's a very good question. So I trained in private practice at an international law firm. I then uh, qualified in a global law firm, again, private practice, and then decided to move in-house in the public sector. So I think I've got fairly good kind of experience in kind of the private practice world and the in-house world. Um, firstly, I'd say that training in a in a strong, large private practice organization is amazing for the beginning of your career because they will have the kind of resources and the opportunities to really train a lawyer early days. So they will have experts in literally every single department you can think of, uh, within reason, of course. Uh, so I think it's fantastic for training private practice. Um, and then as you kind of uh, develop and you kind of gain experience, there'll be more and more opportunities, especially if the organization is international. So you're talking about international secondments, uh, working with on international deals, um, you know, all of things that, you know, I had the privilege of being able to do when I, when I was a younger lawyer. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, being in-house now, um, there was always this myth in private practice that this isn't a nine to five job. Uh, but when you are in in-house organizations, and I'd say more particularly public sector, yes, it is a nine to five job. Um, and the beauty of that is that you can do so many other things with your career outside of that time. Um, within public sector organizations, there's a thing called flexi leave as well. So that means any kind of hours that you accrue uh, beyond your nine to five, you get those hours back. Again, that's something that's non-existent in private practice. 
private practice you can pump in many many hours it's and you'll be left same. to get above this <laughs> and, and that's it um and of course, being in an in-house organization or just in a business and being that legal functions means that you will be an expert in that business. Absolutely. So I'm very lucky and I'm proud to say that I know a lot more about policing, how a police force works. Um, and not many people know this, but West Midlands Police is the second largest in this country. Oh. Um, so it's involved in quite a lot of uh, work behind the scenes. We did a fantastic amount of work for the Commonwealth Games. Uh, all of the different police officers that were there from different police forces, you know, we arranged all that. All of the accommodation, all of the catering for these police officers, um, every kind of security element for a big event in the West Midlands. That's kind of what we do behind the scenes as well. Um and yeah, there's just so much um, exciting stuff to do in a in-house uh, legal function. In the private practice world, you're ve you very much qualify in an area and that's what you'll do, albeit you'll do it for different clients. Um, when you work in-house, you can work on kind of any kind of legal element that that organization is involved with. Uh, so like I've mentioned, the police were involved with the Commonwealth Games, which was a very exciting once in a lifetime kind of project to work on. Um, the police are at football clubs. So we do uh, commercial contracts with football clubs in the region as well. Um, if you've seen any of the kind of TV documentaries involving the police, especially West Midlands Police, we've worked on those media agreements as well. Uh, we Fantastic. worked with universities or research agreements. Uh, so if you just think about it, there, there's such a wide variety of work in the in-house world. Um, but of course, there, there's pros and cons to kind of both sides Absolutely. of the coin. But, but it's quite interesting because uh, even for me, uh, when I talk about lawyers or when I think about the legal profession, the picture in my head is court and uh, paperwork. It's not fun. <laughs> but when you talk about all those things, getting involved in the Commonwealth Games and media and all the different things, get rain and stuff, it makes it come alive. It, it sounds super interesting. And, and uh, well, it's too late now. I can't become a lawyer. But <laughs> never say never, Davis. <laughs> never say never. Never say never. But I think it's quite exciting, actually. So uh, let, let's talk a, a bit about the kind of support and and community that is built around, you know, the legal profession. Because I know that, you know, you are a council member at the Law Society and also a co-chair of the Birmingham Solicitors Group. So it would be great to get a bit of an insight as to how these organizations work, the spaces that they occupy in that community and support for legal professionals, particularly young legal professionals in the region. Absolutely. So, um... So when I was a trainee, so a trainee solicitor, I was part of the committee for the Birmingham Trainee Solicitor Society, which is the BTSS. And I think that's probably the first kind of organization that you might be exposed to as a legal professional. Um, open to kind of all trainees and juniors. Uh, fantastic organization, very well run. They have a new committee every single year. Um, and it's a, a registered company. So, you know, you've got to follow articles and have duties as, as directors for the company. So a very well established uh, organization. And I was part of that as a trainee. Uh, the next step up is the BS3. So the organization that I co-chair now, which is the Birmingham Solicitors Group. Um, so that is um, essentially the step up from the BTSS. So when you become qualified, um, but during kind of my reign and, and the committee that I was with during the pandemic, we realized that there was lots of uh, lawyers, you know, particularly the junior lawyers that were kind of suffering during the pandemic and needed support, whether it was 
they didn't feel like the profession was was uh, helpful for them or whether they needed the kind of support as a as a kind of community network so we we very much opened our organization to all junior lawyers full stop regardless if you were qualified or not or regardless if if you were studying law as well we just wanted any junior lawyer that was interested in law or thought that they would um benefit from coming to our events we we opened our doors to them so I've been with the the BSG now. This would be my third year. I actually joined as their PR officer. So I kind of created their first Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and and if you look at it now, I mean, we're thriving on all platforms and you'd never think that we never really had these platforms before. So it's been fantastic to see uh, that rise and just see the interaction and between so many different people and meet so many different people as well from it. Uh, so the BSG is doing fantastic work. Um, a really fantastic committee uh, and just to give you a flavor of kind of the scope of the BSG so initially this year we started off with 11 people and those were 11 lawyers from 11 different organizations so if you think about in, in Birmingham 11 different organizations that covers quite a lot of the profession already Absolutely. and I'm not just talking about um, private practice law firms we're talking about local regional national international global public sector and in-house organizations so that covers a good chunk of the profession, not only on the, the regional level, but on the national level as well. Uh, so I, th I think that we've kind of developed a brand that's good enough to, be, to really be exposed to kind of every element of the profession. And the committee are always working hard on our brand to make sure we're out there and to make sure that we're really out there for lawyers as well. So that's BTSS and then BSG. And then you may have also heard of the Birmingham Law Society. Exactly. Uh, so every major city in the UK has a traditional law society. And that's essentially made up of lawyers from all across the profession. So not kind of uh, aimed at juniors. So it's, it's open to all. Um, I would say from my experience, it's, it's predominantly for people that really want to kind of change policy and are probably more senior where they take a real active role in, in that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and again, BRS are a very fantastic organization. They host a lot of events. Uh, they had a, a number of fantastic events during the Commonwealth Games. They had the, the Birmingham Commonwealth Games conference at the University of Birmingham. They had a fantastic dinner as well. Um, and yeah, every major city has that. But I'd say Birmingham are really unique in the sense that we don't just have the Birmingham Law Society. We have a Birmingham Law Society, a BTSS and a BSG. There are some cities that probably don't have one of them. There's some cities that probably just have two, but I don't think I've heard of a city that has three. So if you think about a junior lawyer in this city, there is so much for them to do. And we're not even talking about the multi-sector organizations like the Future Faces and the Tags out there. Uh, so so being a junior uh, lawyer in this region is special and is amazing. And I'd say to any kind of junior lawyer, make sure you're at least going to one of those events, if not all of them, if you can, if, you, if your diary allows. Um, for me, it's kind of opened my mind to kind of all the different avenues in the profession, uh, many different kind of thought processes, many different organizations. Um, and at the end of the day, it's fun and it's enjoyable and it, it's a perk of the profession. So I'd say open your arms up to it. Fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, it wouldn't be Birmingham if we didn't have the highest number of societies and, <laughs> and options and communities for, for, for people in the legal profession to be a part of. But, but you know, taking it a step further, you are one um, gentleman who have been able to successfully uh, not just 
build a good legal career, but also excelled at it. Uh, you're very well known uh, in the in the business community. You have a fantastic profile. You you were future faces of legal last year, which is, in my opinion, the highest professional honor that you could get uh, in, in Birmingham at the West Midlands as it is. And by the way, guys, if you don't know yet, um, you know, the, the, the Future Faces Award every year is one that you should look out for and apply for if you're a young professional in the region. Um, so you won that last year. Uh, and the point I'm driving at is you have distinguished yourself uh, as a young professional, done really well for yourself and and brought a lot of, by extension, positive uh, uh, um, um you know, visibility to the organizations that you're a part of. If you were to advise young professionals, not just in the legal space, but generally speaking, young professionals on things that they could do personally to continue to enhance their own professional brand and professional, you know, persona, what would you say they should do? Very good question. I'd say, I'd say firstly, just follow your passions. I think everything that I'm involved in is because I enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy going to events, I enjoy meeting people, I enjoy organizing events, which sounds really weird, but I do enjoy doing that. And there's something special about bringing many different people together and, and kind of creating a, a community, creating a kind of ethos and, and a buzz around. So I'd say firstly, follow your passions, whatever that is, whether it's sport, politics, music, you name it, follow that. And I think if you if you come across that you are passionate about something and there is real honesty and integrity in what you do then people will flock to you uh, and it doesn't matter what it is because we're all experts in different things um, so I'd say follow your passions uh, and be kind of honest and true to yourself and I think po post pandemic for me as well I've realized that I think before the pandemic a lot of kind of lawyers were kind of always conscious of what they would say and do kind of on their own social media and would yep. always kind of toe the party down. I think that's the same for any professional. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, yeah. But post pandemic, I think people have realized that, you know, I have a voice. Absolutely. Um, and especially if you're a professional, it's like you worked hard to get wherever you are. So clearly, you know, you should just believe in yourself, whether you want to put something out there, whether you want to organize something, whether you want to just create something new. Uh just just believe in yourself as well. And I think yeah, obviously that takes time when you're a student. You obviously, you, you don't have any work experience. Sometimes you don't even have any grades to your name at that point. So um, follow your passions, believe in yourself and, and be yourself. Just be authentic, be honest, be yourself. Yeah, Fantastic. I think that, that that's very, very good advice. Uh, very, very good advice indeed. And I'm just going to, um, you know, push the boundaries a little bit here. Because, uh, I mean, on the, that last point that you made around, you know, pre-pandemic, the perception of young professionals around how they need to be super careful and stuff. And post-pandemic, everybody realizing that, yes, I do have a voice. Yes, my social channels are mine and things of that nature. The question then would be, as a young professional, considering your opinion and your interest and whatever it is you want to express using your social platforms and the brand image that your organization that you work for try to project um how do you balance both because i know that i'm quite active on linkedin you're quite active on linkedin uh and we put out stuff all sort of varying stuff uh because we do follow each other uh but and i know that you represent quite a number of different organizations how do you ensure that you create that balance between your um utilization of your social media uh, and sometimes you use it for personal stuff, sometimes you use it for corporate stuff or work stuff. 
how do you draw the balance between between your personal use of social media and what is a fair expectation of your employer? That's a really, really interesting one. <laughs> I told you I was going to push the boundaries. I told you I was going to push the boundaries. I love it. Bring it on. Uh, so I'd say firstly, for, for me anyway, any kind of organization that I choose to be part of, whether it's employment or, or voluntary, I make sure they are aligned to, to me and my kind of morals and values. Fantastic. So in the future, there isn't a conflict because if there is a conflict down the line, then it's like, well, clearly the organization is doing something wrong. Well, clearly I'm doing something wrong. So I'd say the first step is to make sure you're part of an organization that is aligned to you. Um, and then I guess, secondly, you know, if if there is a conflict, I'd say you you probably want to have a good support network where you can bounce ideas off and say, you know, is this appropriate or can I do this? And, you know, that could be someone within your professional network. So with the future faces, the tags, the BSGs, I always bounce ideas off people, whether it's, you know, colleagues or close friends, um, to always get that second opinion. Um, mentors, maybe even. Abs absolute mentors is a massive one, yeah. Uh, and if you do have a really strong relationship with your kind of employer, and especially kind of the marketing and the comms and stuff, often it can create a you know, very flourishing relationship. Uh, very recently, I, I decided to post about a, a job opportunity, which was an apprenticeship, a, a solicitor apprenticeship. And I was overwhelmed by the positive interaction from that, because I think that was one of the first times where I had kind of promoted a job at an organization that I was at and the, the amount of positivity from that um, was quite powerful. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I should work harder in kind of aligning my content to, to, work, to work, especially if that's positive as well. Um, so, yeah, so there's a mix of making sure you need to align yourself with an organization that's aligned to you, uh, utilizing your network, utilizing mentors and having those honest conversations with with people in your company, in your organization. Because uh, at the end of the day, if, if the content you're putting out can benefit them, then everyone's a winner. Absolutely. And and I think that those are fantastic points. I mean, couldn't have said it any better because I do think that there is a place uh, for all of the things that you've said because you've rightly said, you know, first of all, you need to ensure that you're aligned in your interests and the organization that you work with. If there is, if there's a misalignment in there where what you want is different from what the organization want or the values you represent is quite different from that, that organization represents, there's always going to be a conflict. But if it's aligned, you know, if I'm interested in business and I work for an organization that is helping to promote business, then there is congruence right there, you know, and also you rightly mentioned having a conversation with your I like to say personal board of directors or kitchen cabinet, whatever works, uh, you know, having those people that you can bounce ideas of and not just people that would say yes to everything you say, but people that could hold you accountable and have those honest conversations. Yeah, people that will challenge you, that that's super important. As absolutely. Well, if you don't have people that will challenge you, then clearly they may not be the best people to approach. Yeah, absolutely. Possibly not. <laughs> so, so mentors, you know, senior colleagues and, and things of like that could be very, very helpful. And I really do like the last point that you made on that subject matter as well, where you said, you know, have a good, have conversations with people at your workplace, your comms team, your media team, or your direct line managers. Because like you rightly said, if it is all aligned, then it's a win-win for everybody uh, because it creates positive, you know, uh, visibility for the organization. You know, it's something that adds value to society and community when you post it and everybody just gets value from it. So I think you may, those you are may really even save point. money because I think modern day, if you do have a strong social media following, that that is a media and comms in itself. And I, I've been in organizations, especially the international ones that spend a lot of money 
on marketing and comms. And yeah, it's interesting to and see when the results. And when it comes from the person, as opposed to uh, a brand or an organization, it feels more authentic. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. And, and if, if people go to like certain organizations and I look at their social media, you can tell which one is authentic, which one isn't, and which ones have the exact same kind of content, which is in the exact same font, format and style. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting media commerce point that is. And I, I think I, I would even go as far as saying, if you're an organization and you've got employees, your employees, off their own free will, posting, posting things in relation to the organization, whether opportunities there or what the organization is doing, that is a good sign of happy employees. <laughs> 100%. Also, fantastic conversation. I want to go very quickly to, to the subject matter of going within your industry, going beyond your industry, I meant to say. As a young professional, it's important that you be network within your, your industry. Obviously, very important. Relationships with colleagues, uh, with communities that are centered around, we were talking about the legal profession and all the different communities and association. But you're a member of the Future Faces uh, community. You're a member of the TAG Networks, which I know are both organizations and communities of professionals from multiple different industries. That's right. What would you say from your experience being in both organizations, what would you say is the value in being a part of those communities for young professionals? Absolutely. So I'd say one is definitely around skill set. So being... Well, for me anyway, I, I, when I was a trainee, I was part of a, a legal networking group and then as a, as a qualified and still am part of a legal group, um, you just expand your skill set by being exposed to people from other professionals, um, just understanding how people kind of interact, how they work, what what they do, what kind of areas of specialism they work in, how that different market or that sector operates. All of that is useful information and it's so interesting, you know, tapping into someone like you, your, your brain, because your brain and my brain are completely different because we don't do the same thing every day. And I think that is special. And if you can kind of gain something from every single uh, professional that's outside of your sector, then you're going to gain so much kind of knowledge and expertise. And, and that's powerful. Um, so there's a skill set for, for, for one, and I think it's probably the most important. But two is the, is the network as well. The network absolutely. is absolutely powerful. Um, just knowing people from from different organizations. Um, firstly, it can definitely help with your business. Uh, it depends, for example, if, you, if you're a lawyer and you need to, you know, touch base with a specific sector, of course, go to a multi-sector event. It's a, it's a clear winner. Um, and just outside of that as well. So I'm in the business of kind of organizing events and promoting events. It's definitely within my benefit to have a wider network and to to know people that can can do things at certain events and provide different services at events. You name it. Um, so it, it's absolutely important for skill set for network. And on top of that, I enjoy it. I enjoy being in a room where I'm not the expert anymore, or I'm not the most senior person in whatever field. Um, and that's that's quite humbling and uh, and scary at the same time because you've got people <laughs> there that really know their stuff, are real trailblazers, and I'm there just there just to kind of pick that nugget of information. Um, and, and that's really cool and that's really fascinating for me. Absolutely. I, I mean, spot on everything that you said, because what I have found from being a part of those organizations, I do attend quite a number of tag events. I'm a member of the Future Faces myself. I think one of the things I enjoy the most is just that multidisciplinary 
um, mix of people, mm. uh, people from different walks of life, different industries, and with every interaction, you learn new things mm. all the time. It's one of the things why one of the reasons why I enjoy the Future Faces community so, so much. It's people from all walks of life just talking about stuff. And I'm just there listening. And it goes back to what you said. You're not the expert in the room. You're there, you're listening, you're learning. And for me, you know, coming from a completely entrepreneurial background, we're mixing with all these professionals in different walks of life. You learn more about how things work, structure, things of that nature, culture, all of this. So I think it is super duper important. So here's the thing. We've talked a lot about you know, things around the region, around the legal profession, around, but everything has been based around young professionals. Generally speaking, as we begin to wrap up, if you were to give, you know, your top three tips for any young professional that is in Birmingham to, so giving them top three tips to maximize the city and all that it has to offer. What would those three tips be? Ooh, okay. Three things. I'd say definitely join a professional organization. If you have join a professional there's so many people that I, I still meet at all, at all of these organizations and then, like, oh, this is my first one. Oh, I've never heard of this before. So definitely join an organization. Um, two, feel uncomfortable. Uh, it's the best way to grow. And I, I mean that both in the workplace and outside the workplace. Uh, there's no better way to learn than, you know, really feeling the kind of pressure and really kind of exposing yourself, like we said, to, to other professionals, to other environments. Um, so, yeah, feel uncomfortable. Uh, and three, I think follow your passions. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of shy away from things that they're interested in. Like me and you, we connect on on several topics like that to the point where we forget everyone in the room. <laughs> uh, so don't, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to stick to, to what you know and uh, share that kind of knowledge and expertise because you'll, you'll find people that will flock to you and you, you'll create amazing relationships. Uh, so join an organization, feel uncomfortable and stick to passions. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much, Bao. I think it has been a very, very good episode of the Future Faces podcast. But before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. Just is a rapid quick fire question, just five questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. Are you ready? Tea or coffee? Tea. Movie or music? Music. Shoes or sneakers? Shoes. <laughs> You're a lawyer. I didn't expect anything less. <laughs> <laughs> a night out or a quiet night alone at home? Night out. Uh, rugby or MMA? MMA. <laughs> oh, wow, really? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think that's quite good. Uh, thank you so much, Bao. It's, it's such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you, Davis. And thank you, Future Face, as well, for making this happen. I appreciate you all. Awesome, awesome. Uh, guys, thank you so, so much for listening today. And thanks to Bao for his fascinating insight into the legal sector, into the life as a young professional in Birmingham, which I'm sure all aspiring lawyers and young professionals out there listening to this will find really, really useful. Uh, if you're listening to this particular podcast today, know that you could always find more episodes of the Future Faces podcast uh, on all the major listening apps, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and quite a number of other places. Uh, don't forget to follow Future Faces on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we are at FF Chamber. That is F-F-C-H-A-M-B-E-R. And also you can find us on LinkedIn at Future Faces Chamber of Commerce. Uh, my name is David Sakewo, and that is the Future Faces podcast for today. Uh, thank you once again, Bao, for coming on. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone.